Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. One of the things in the lack of control is we seek to find it. And unfortunately, especially in this society, we seek to find it through prescription medication. We seek to find it through things that are not actually to our betterment, to the vices, to the drugs, the sex, the alcohol, the things of that nature. Where, where does control of your own mind really play a role in this? So this is also, you're asking amazingly good questions. Um, the, the control is one of those words that when someone, and, I, and you can really relate to this, um, and anyone who's listening who's been in a dark place, and including, and we've all got our stories, when you're in the depth of despair, the last thing you feel like you have is control, you know, and that's often where support from others comes in. But then there might be cases where you're in a situation which, Michael, I don't know your full story, but just knowing working in, in years of trauma with people, sometimes there is no support. And so therefore you really are on your own and, you know, you, you can't really see things. And, and at that moment you do feel complete. I mean, a child who's constantly being abused or going through the most horrific things, where's the control there? And so that then is a child that will go into adulthood with most likely the coping mechanisms to protect oneself, which is, you know, maybe they had to learn to fight back or, as you say, numb the pain with anything that takes away that pain and then enter us into our current society where people's stories are no longer really heard except in a few environments like you know the work I do what you do etc you know you go to the into the traditional biomedical system of which you know I've been a part but not in I do it differently obviously as we're practicing clinically I'm coming from a different angle but the traditional system is one of okay well tell me your symptoms and let's find you a diagnosis and let's give you a treatment that works beautifully for cancer and and diabetes and you know brain tumors and things like that but when it comes to a complex childhood where there's been excessive trauma, just giving you a label and a medication is not going to fix the problem because you have a whole bunch of these in your head that make you feel overwhelmed and out of control. So it is a slow process of educating and learning to deep dive deep introspectively into your wise mind. The wise mind, that inner knowing that got you out to where you are now, where you now are so in, in a state of wise mind, Michael, that you reach out and help others. Um, and so that in that process of is, is a process of empowerment. Um, and it's over, it's a cyclic thing that happens over time. And it can be multiple ways. Either someone comes in your life and actually starts helping you, or you reach that rock bottom point and you manage to actually help yourself and pull out of it. You know, there's different ways that it will happen. But hopefully most people reach, and, and according to the research, oopsie, my little tree's falling over, three quarters of people will actually reach the point that you have um, where they've gone through complex trauma and will get through it with lingering effects but those lingering effects 
do not have to be um, the effects that live with you for the rest of your life. Because our current now biomedical model messaging is, okay, well, you are depressed because of a broken brain. Your brain is damaged, and that's it for life. So therefore, you need medication to fix it. If you have diabetes, you need insulin. So type 1 diabetes. So you get insulin, it restores, it, it heals the body. If you have a pathogen like a virus, like COVID virus, we now have antivirals that can start fighting it. So we can we can fight it like that. When you have a toxic bunch of toxic experiences, it's as real as a COVID virus. COVID virus is made of protein. So is this experience. It becomes a protein tree-like structure in your brain. So your, um, anti, your immune system is going to fight this just as much as it would fight the COVID virus. So, so this is very deep what I'm saying. A, and experiences from any stage of your life don't just wish, they're not wishy-washy go away things. They are physical, structural, protein, chemical changes inside of your brain that look like trees. This is a thought tree that has lots of roots and branches, which are memories. So memories of the experiences coalesce into a thought structure. So this is a collection of a lot of data of what happened, the source over there and the processing and the interpretation, the different parts, what happened, how you've processed it, and coped and in the interpretation and how that shows up in, in, in your signals. So this, when this is dominating, when we look at life through this, we do feel out of control. And the, the control comes back in as we realize this, and, and you get to that point, and, and it's different for everyone, and it's got different, as I mentioned, sometimes it's a person that says something to you, or you read something, or you know, people have said they've been on a train and they've seen a, a sign in a subway, or someone said something to them at a shop, or they just one day just had a, I don't know exactly what your revelation was, but there's, there's something that shifts. And when you get that shift, there's, instead of this, there's a little bit of this, and then you start climbing up. And what I've tried to do with my work is help people to do that climbing in a way that doesn't make them go backwards and in a way of understanding because to rewire the networks, to take the power out of this and make it small and rebuild healthy new thoughts where you still remember your story, but no longer does it control you. You are controlling your story, which is evidence in your life. That takes, that's not going to happen in one day or with a medication. The medication is not going to fix this. You don't have a brain disease. Obviously, your brain's affected, you know, and I've done a ton of research, and in my latest book, I do explain this, and I have images, and I show my clinical trials in a very simple way, and I have a very simple way of explaining how to do all the stuff I'm telling you, but essentially, this is not going to, this is not the, the, the cause, the cause, this in your brain is not the cause, It the cause is what happened to you, this is the manifestation. So the thing happens, the mind experiences the, the experience that goes in the brain and the brain and body show up in a messed up way. Obviously, everything you have, the mind needs to use the brain to experience it. So obviously your brain's affected, but it's not the cause. It is the response. So as we manage our causes, as we identify and deconstruct and reconstruct the causes, so we, we, we rewire the brain full circle back to your one of your first questions which was neuroplasticity because of the neuroplasticity of the brain this work i'm telling you where we focus from our signals to the thought to the root reconstruct etc daily 15 to 25 45 minutes a day over time and i'll tell you the time in a moment that is rewiring the brain neuroplasticity for trauma has which is the main focus of your podcast and for anything building habits breaking habits etc works in cycles of 63 days not 21 not one not five minutes 
the medications, like the psychotropic drugs, they're not even medications, they're actually drugs. And they're drugs that numb your pain or numb the feelings, but they're not fixing anything. They're making structural changes in the brain that may make you feel better and may help you cope for a time, but they're not going to solve the problem. You know, they may ease it for a time so that you can face and start dealing with issues, but you need to know the side effects. And sometimes the side effects are create more problems than what you actually need. Now you've got more problems with brain damage problems on top of the original issues so you know when it comes to psychotropics it's really important that you fully understand what you're getting into and that you ask your doctors for the document that they should be giving you of exactly what these are how they work the the addictive properties because they're all addictive and how to withdraw withdrawal effects and to understand that that um when when as you are going through a process of facing stuff it is painful and numbing that's not going to help you you've got to go through the pain it's called the treatment effect you're going to get worse before you get better i've had some patients that over that start this process and they and i there's actually one of the stories in my book cleaning up your mental mess of one of the patients in my clinical trial um who at day one no identity totally depressed etc long story short um by day 21 they were saying things like I'm not depressed anymore. Day one, I'm depressed. That was the identity. Life's are falling apart, everything you can imagine going wrong. Doing this work daily for 15 to 45 minutes, and we can talk about in a minute what it is. Um, they, by day 21, they were saying things to us when we brought them back into, into the clinic to do the evaluations and so on, the brain, blood, narrative, everything. They were saying, I'm not depression. I am depressed because of. That's a massive growth. Then they also said this, but I feel more depressed and more anxious, and I'm having panic attacks, and I'm grieving, but it's different. I'm actually feeling human emotions, and those are valid emotions because they're starting to see what the pain was from. They had suppressed childhood trauma. In this particular case, this person had gone through terrible childhood trauma and managed to suppress it for all these years and kind of function because falling apart, and because these are volcanic. Eventually, they will explode in your life. Eventually, these things will explode. You can suppress for a certain amount of time, but they will eventually explode, and that's what had happened in this person's life. And so they started shifting, but by learning to get control back slowly in these cycles, they started seeing the increased depression and grieving as an element of control because they said, okay, I know I'm depressed because of, I can see that what I went through. So therefore I should be feeling depressed. That's a very normal human response to those terrible things that I, that I went through in childhood or whatever and grieving the lost time. And I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this, Michael. So that's growth. But in this society, the minute you feel those, oh, you're sicker, there's a disease coming back. You don't have a disease. You're trying to process life experiences and it will get worse before it gets better. But then it does start changing and this is why it's so important that you work for the beyond 21 days everyone sees 21 days it's not 21 days 21 days does a major shift you'll bring things up and you'll start seeing the changes and you'll start building a new way of thinking and set etc but if you don't push on for another 42 days that new little thought is way too small to um to to override this one you need the extra energy taken from this and put in so that this becomes nice and big and strong and i'm going to put two next to each other so you can see it becomes nice and strong only when the new thought is nice and strong, which takes another 42 days, totaling 63, are you then going to remember your story, but you're not going to be functioning from your story. You're going to be functioning from the new way of thinking. And that's that process brings control. What I'm wondering is what were some of the things that you were seeing, not only in your own anxiety, but in the research and the studies that you were doing that is tangible that other people can apply to their life in perhaps a simple way? Yeah, well. 
after geez, decades of work, I, you know, it gets simpler and simpler. You know, the more you learn, the more Occam's razor is really true. Like the simplest possible explanation is usually the right one. Mm -hmm. That has been true over and over and over. So we, I started noticing this three-step process and I write about it in the Unwinding Anxiety book, but basically it's about, you know, the basic idea is if we don't know how our minds work, we can't possibly work with them. So the first step is being able to map our own habit loops. Like what's the trigger? What's the behavior? What's the result? If we can't see what the process is, we're going to be stuck in it. We're going to be, you know, tumbled by it. So that's actually pretty straightforward. And I have my patients do this at, at intake. I start listening for these things. And then we map these processes out together. It takes 30 seconds. We even have a free habit mapper that anybody can download from, I think it's just mapmyhabit.com, where, you know, you can download this PDF, print it out, and start mapping out your own habits. The second step is a little more involved, but it's a critical piece, which is really tapping into this reward system in our brain. I'll give you an example and then and explain how this works. So my lab just did a study with our Eat Right Now app where we had people who were overeating. We had them, we basically put this, what we call a craving tool into, built it into the app so we could measure the reward value and help people pay attention to how rewarding or unrewarding the behavior was. And the idea is, if you don't see that something's unrewarding, you're going to keep doing it. If you see that it's not rewarding, you get what in neuroscience is called a negative prediction error because it's not as rewarding as you predicted, as you expected. And then you start to become disenchanted. You're like, you know, if somebody smokes a cigarette and I have them pay attention when they smoke and they realize that cigarettes taste like crap, they get that negative prediction error. And so tangibly, we have I have patients in my clinic pay attention when they smoke. I have patients who are overeating, pay attention when they eat. And I have them ask themselves with each bite, is this more rewarding or less rewarding than the last bite? So we did this study with this craving tool in the Eat Right Now app. And we found, are you ready for this? It only takes 10 to 15 times of somebody really paying attention as they overeat for that reward value to drop below zero and for them to start changing their behavior. So it doesn't mm. take long it just takes awareness. So that's the second step. Anybody can do that. They can pay attention when they're doing the behavior. And I have them simplify it to this. Ask yourself a simple question. What am I getting from this? Right? Not thinking, what am I getting from this? But feeling, what am I getting from this? So the folks in our study, they were feeling that when they overeat, it doesn't feel good. My patients in my clinic, they are tasting what cigarettes taste like. Cigarettes taste like crap they start to become disenchanted with them. We just actually published a study with our with our smoking app, same thing, you know, where people are, they're becoming disenchanted with the behavior simply by paying attention. So that's tangible that anybody can do that too. The third step, I think of it as finding the bigger, better offer. So if our brains are gonna do things that are rewarding and they're gonna stop doing things that are not rewarding, then let's give them something that's rewarding that's not just a substitution for what they just did. I've had plenty of patients who've come to me and said, you know, I quit cocaine, but I substituted exercise. And now I overexercise. I'm addicted to exercise, right? The, the process itself is the problem. You know, um, mm. it's not certainly the substances can be problematic, but it's when we're caught in the process that those are problematic. I mean, cigarettes are never helpful, but it's not, you know, it's not that that uh, opioids themselves, you know, like uh, taking a pain pill is going to kill somebody. No, it's when somebody's addicted to that. So we've got to find that bigger, better offer. And so here, 
often uh, there people are taking substances, for example, because they've got these negative loops running in their heads about how they're a bad person or their life's awful. Often people have had really terrible life circumstances. They've had a, a troubling uh, childhood or their current environment. There's something in there that says, hey, this is bad. I want to make it go away. And they have that use that substance. They drink alcohol, they use opiates, they do whatever to make it go away. And that has been, been the biggest, bestest offer that they've had so far. Yet, if they can pay attention and see, oh, this is really not serving me, and we can give them something that's more rewarding that doesn't have those negative consequences, then they win the game. So here, you know, with addiction, for example, it's finding connection, right? That is so much more rewarding than, you know, uh, running to mother's little helper <laughs> so, yeah. or whatever, whatever the helper is, because that helper is only going to help for a little bit. And then it's going to make us want more and more and more. And then we're chasing that on top of it. So kindness, for example, if we beat ourselves up, what is it like when we're kind to ourselves? Well, kindness feels better than judging ourselves. So there already is an intrinsic bigger, better offer. If we're disconnected uh, from community, from family, from friends, finding that connection is a really strong way and that a much better, much bigger, better off. I would say that is the biggest, bestest offer of all is finding those things that are not only uh, better than than the substance or the behavior, but also rewarding and fulfilling and and generative, like where they pay it forward. When we're connected, everybody benefits from connection. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show, but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. One of the things I'm curious about and, and that you mentioned is making your your brain the leader and like there's this weird thing that i don't think people understand that they actually have this huge amount of control over their brain can you talk about and kind of framework what it actually means to be the leader of your own brain yeah so i see people all the time where their their brains are leading them and what i mean by that is think about this when you have let's say a bad moment in the day like your friend upset you for whatever reason right it's not just that you're upset now at your friend, then you start thinking about how rough your life is and you become upset with yourself. Then you start thinking about how bad the world is and you become you know, really upset with the world. And it just takes you down this negative sort of spiral. And so the reason that the brain does that is because first and foremost, its job is to help you to survive. It needs to protect you. And so it's always looking out for those negative things, right? Which is not always in our best interest. And so being the leader that our brain needs means that essentially uh, using our experiences to influence the way that we think and the way that we act. And so everything that we do every single day influences our brain's evolution. It, our thoughts influence our brain's evolutions, the actions we take do so, the people that we surround ourselves with, the, the experiences that we have. 
And it's really about teaching people to make really conscious decisions daily so that their brains don't go down this negative route and instead focuses on the positive. Because when we focus on the positive, that also has this tremendous healing impact, not just on our brains, but also on our bodies and as well as on our lives. What what causes that? Because you hear this all the time where people talk about having control over your thoughts, being positive, thinking like this, but why does that actually work? Like what is happening in that moment and in those processes that lead to this place where it actually has impact? Yeah, so when you think about what's going on in your brain, so when you're having a lot of negative thoughts, right? So your brain sort of goes into, you know, you really turn on sort of your sympathetic nervous system, your brain goes into fight, uh, flight or freeze mode, right? So you're operating from a place of really chronic stress and trauma. And so you get chemicals like cortisol, which are um, being secreted and over a long period of time have, have a really negative impact not just on your brain, but also on your body, right? Um, so a lot of people who are chronically stressed will come to me and say, look, you know, I, I can't make new memories. I'm having memory problems. And that's because something like cortisol actually causes the neurons, the cells in the part of the brain responsible for making new memories. It causes those cells to die off, right? So that's a really negative consequence of, of having negative thoughts. Now, when you have positive thoughts, Right? That causes the release of endorphins, a lot of the feel-good um, sort of hormones. And so you start really thinking about your life in a completely different way. You start searching for the positive in things. Um, and those feel-good hormones, not, they don't just allow you to feel good, but they help reduce your blood pressure. They help reduce the levels of chronic stress. Um, that way you're not having that negative impact on your brain and body. And it really promotes healing physically, emotionally, mentally, as well as neurologically. Where I want to start here with you today, obviously, is your area of expertise. But most importantly, something very specific is why do you believe that trauma can often beget addiction? Mm, great question. Um, addiction is many things. Uh, but one of the things it is, is uh, a maladaptive way of coping. So the more we have to cope with in our lives, the more trauma we have, the more likely we might be to turn to substances or addictive behaviors as a way to manage the pain of that experience. Um, addiction is also potentially an, a maladaptive way of um, creating or replacing the need for human attachment. Um, that is to say that when we are not healthily and appropriately attached to the people around us, we might then look to substances or behaviors to fill that vacuum. And in many ways, you know, intoxicants can do that. They can create that loved for, cared for, warm feeling um, that we are not getting from the people around us at least for a while. The problem with uh, intoxicants is that they eventually stop working and then they turn on us and then they create more problems than they solved. But certainly in the short term, I've had many patients describe their relationship with in addictive substances and behaviors as um, a love affair in essence. Um, so those are, those are two reasons that come to mind. Uh, the other thought that sort of comes to mind is the 
um, animal experiments, which are um, really fascinating. And of course, we're not animals in the sense that we're not rats and, and mice, the organisms on whom much of uh, these experiments have been performed. But we have a lot of um, the same neural circuits. And in fact, our reward pathway is conserved for millions of years and across species. It hasn't, you know, my reward pathway is no different from a rat's reward pathway. And what we see, interestingly, in animals uh, who have become addicted to, for example, cocaine, let's say they've learned that if they press this lever, they're going to get a shot of cocaine intravenously. Essentially, animals will continue to press that lever <clears throat> to the point of exhaustion or until they literally die. Um, but if then the cocaine is taken away, the animal will eventually stop pressing the lever for cocaine. Uh, neuroscientists call that extinguishing the behavior, they'll eventually stop pressing it because they know no co cocaine is forthcoming. But if you then administer a violent foot shock to that animal, the first thing the animal will do is rush to the lever and start pressing it again. So that powerfully communicates that um, we reflexively will turn to chemicals and behaviors that release dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, and other feel-good hormones that our body actually makes as a way to compensate for injury. Are, are those, what came to my mind immediately when you, when you said that is thinking about the autonomic responses that we have to stimulus that may be for, you know, survival or for, for love or for feeling of companionship. So when, when the mouse has his foot shocked again, is that then an autonomic response based on survival mechanisms? So when you say autonomic response, I don't, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. If you mean the, the autonomic nervous system, like yes, you know, the exactly. parasympathetic and sympathetic. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think another way of, of talking about that is to say it's a reflexive response. It's, it's not something that we choose or will. It's outside even of conscious awareness and it's reflexive. It, our body just automatically does it. Um, and in that sense, yes, I think that's right. Do you see that that holds true in your research that eventually it comes to pass that maybe for some of us, that thing that once brought us pleasure then in turn brings us pain? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's the great paradox of addiction. Um, that we, we start out using for fun or to solve a problem. In your case, it was to solve the problem of the pain of your traumatic environment. But eventually, the substance itself becomes the problem. And it becomes the problem in a number of different ways. First of all, <clears throat> it stops working over time. Our brain adapts, and it just doesn't do, do the job anymore. The other thing is that it can actively turn on us and start to do the opposite of what we intended. Um, so people who you know use cannabis at night to help them sleep, after a while, cannabis can actually cause the insomnia. And there are many, many different examples of that. In some people, a very short period of use will lead to these kinds of paradoxical or counter effects. For other people, it may take decades before they get there, but I have yet to meet a person who was a regular heavy user of an addictive substance or behavior who didn't eventually get to the place where it stopped working and or it turned on them and caused the opposite phenomenon. I want to add one thing and key on a word you said about how drugs became kind of your safe place. 
And one of the things that's so appealing about drugs, which I think it's important to open, openly recognize and acknowledge, is that at least at the beginning, they provide a way that we can control how we feel. So instead of having to be at the mercy of other people or things that happen in our lives, here's a thing we can do or we can take, which immediately improves our own subjective experience in the world. And that is a very powerful draw. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.